0: hola amiga it's so good to have you here on ignite with jess soto ramirez yes that is me your business empowerment coach i am on a mission to help you see yourself in someone else's story so this podcast is here to illuminate the path to your potential through the stories of other women in business just like you Welcome back to the Ignite Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Soto-Ramirez. I am joined here today. um, I'm here with Claire today. Claire Wood. Hey, Claire, how are you?
1: Hi, Jess. I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to have you. I went to your um, book launch of um, your new book. I've got it here, Intentional Profit. And um, that's where I met you, which was really lovely to meet you in person, and that's where you agreed to jump onto the podcast. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, well, it's a pleasure.
0: And congratulations on your
1: book. Yeah, it's, it's so surreal. It was this thing that just felt like it was some mystical, you know, it was happening for years, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm writing a book, and now I'm like... I have an actual book,
0: <laughs> so it's I appreciate you coming surreal. along to celebrate the launch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so good to be there and just in that environment, um, you know, with other women in business that are just like-minded, you know, there's so much power and some of the conversations I had with some of the ladies, it was like one of them in particular, she was like, usually I'm like trying to get out of these things. She's like, but I don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and it was definitely that kind of vibe. So you definitely attract your vibe, right? Your tribe. Your vibe attra- attracts your tribe.
1: I am so grateful. I just get them, I have the most beautiful clients. The people, you know, I didn't even know a lot of the people who were coming to the event. But when people messaged me and said I feel a bit nervous about coming, I said, I I know that yeah, everyone yeah. there is going to be lovely and it's yeah. going to be a really beautiful space. So yeah, I'm really, yeah, really happy about it.
0: Claire, let me kick off with you with our first question, which I ask everybody, tell me about yourself without telling me your titles. Oh, I like this.
1: <laughs> so you mean like I can't use the word mum or anything That's like right.
0: that? <laughs> I want to know about you. Like I want to know about Claire, not the titles you carry and the things you do. I want to really know about you.
1: So when I, I was thinking about this actually on my bike ride this morning yeah. and the way that I think about me is that it's freedom. I'm free spirited. I'm fun, and I I probably don't take things too seriously, which sounds cliche because I kind of do in many respects. You know, I take a, a lot of my my roles and responsibilities very seriously, but I'm someone that my prime driver in life is is freedom and fun and. I hope that the, the people around me can feel that because that's really what what
0: lights me up. Do you feel like that sense of freedom or that, like, I guess that wanting of freedom has always been with you? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, it's funny because in some respects, even when I was younger, people always said to me, you're very mature for your age. Mm-hmm. and. I, I, you know, I'm a Gemini and I kind of feel like I do have that true polarity of, in some respects, I'm incredibly mature. I always have been, like, since very young, um, older people, you know, I had older friends and people would say, you're really mature for your age. And then the flip side of it, I often get told I'm very immature for my age. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when people are telling me to grow up, and when are you going to grow up? When are you going to settle down? I heard that a lot uh, before I got married and had kids and stuff. People are like, when are you going to settle down? And even now, um, my younger sister's fifteen years younger than me, and she sometimes says to me, "You know, you, you're so immature." And so I kind of feel like I have this polarity in me, which is that I'm fun and free, but I also do take certain components of of life and my responsibilities very serious. But you, I think that I first realized this sense of my my free spirit when I I went overseas for the first time. I was 23 years old and I was traveling with my partner at the time. And we went we did this six week around the world trip. And we got home and he said, oh thank goodness we've done travel. And I was like, what? <laughs> To me, it was like my eyes had just been opened up yeah. to this whole new world and, you know, literally a whole new world. And, um, and I was just like, I can't wait to get out there and experience new cultures and countries and people and do different things other than just the day to day life. And, um, you know, that was probably when the sign started to come that he wasn't going to be a great long term fit for me because mm. he'd sort of ticked that box and was like, yeah. let's just settle in and, and live the normal life. And for me, uh, Yeah, I I, I find that if my life gets too boring or monotonous that I I really start to feel this sense of, like, I need to escape and, you know, chasing freedom and fun and that's ultimately what drives me, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. I resonate with that so much, Claire, because, like, same sort of thing, my youngest sibling, my brother, there's about 15 years difference between us, Um, but... That whole idea also growing up where you get to, oh, you're so mature and you're so mature, which I think is a double-edged sword, though, as well as you're growing up because you, uh, I don't know, perhaps for me, circumstances um, meant that I had to be more mature. And so, yes, that came in really handy. But then that, again, is a double-edged sword because you sort of miss out on some things because you're not being in the moment. But i think as i've gotten older i've just embraced this childlike side of myself where it's like i want adventure i want to jump off a plane i want to go swimming with the sharks i'm planning on going to swim with the whales like it's all of this stuff where that same sort of thing where things kind of get way too just steady i'm like okay what's next (laughs) give me a little bit of like um, a spark in life but i think it's so important to maintain that spark do you think that growing up that level of maturity had anything to do with your circumstances at the time, or do you think it was more of a personality trait?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you know I'm the oldest of five children, and mm-hmm. it you know I was changing, you know when when people are teenagers, I was changing nappies and babysitting four kids. Wow. Uh, so you know sometimes it it just is a result of your circumstances, but I definitely think that I've always, been playful and Mm. had fun and i think that to your point like i'm embracing it more as i get older i'm like life is life's short and any time that i feel that i kind of forget that i feel like something comes along and sends me a big old reminder that Mm. we don't know how how long we are in this this physical realm for
0: Mm. and
1: i think we just have to make the most of it
0: yeah, 100%. I agree. And like this idea of like, I'm too old and I'm too old for that. And uh, really just makes me want to vomit, you know, because it's like, it's you have life and we ha- like, we're blessed to have life and there's so much to do with it, right? Like there's so much to explore, so much to um, experience, but we almost get into this mindset Well, some people get into this mindset of like, oh, no, I need to now stop doing those things because that's not mature enough or I'm getting too old for that. Exactly. Um, you know, and but I think then that's why it's so important to surround yourself with those people that are um, bringing something different to life and actually looking at life in a different way, Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You become who you surround yourself by.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now you started off doing accounting, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about how you've gone from accounting to being a money mindset coach. Yeah,
1: for sure. So my childhood probably played a, a part in why I chose that profession. Uh, I mean, I've always been great at maths, like excellent maths. I used to compete in the inter-school maths Olympiad wow. um, competition sounds yeah. really cool, doesn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, talk about being free-spirited and fun. Um, no, you. I, I, in all seriousness, I, I was really good at maths. And, um, my, you know, we we came from a, a, a lower socioeconomic um, upbringing. We didn't have a lot of money when I was younger. And then my dad went back to uni and became an accountant. And that was the first time that we, I certainly wouldn't say we had money, but that, you know, we slightly stepped out of, of the poverty, poverty line. And yeah. so what that that's symbolized to me was you've got to get a uni degree to be successful and so of course what uni degree do i do the same one my dad did um three of the kids in of the five in my family have all gone and done a bachelor of commerce in accounting
0: Uh,
1: because you know you witness that and this is this is proof about the mindset you know witnessing making a story about it trying to emulate that same story so I went and became an accountant, but to be honest, I, I wasn't a great accountant. Um, uh, monotony is, is so not my cup of tea. And mm. so I really struggled in accounting because a lot of it is doing the same thing over and over and over again.
0: And don't and- that, you said, just so to tap into that, <laughs> you mentioned earlier like that whole sense of freedom. I can't imagine mm-hmm. you being able to channel into that freedom when you're doing the same thing every day, right?
1: Oh, 100%. I actually don't know how I did it for so long in hindsight. How, many, how long did you do it for? About 10 years I worked wow, as an that's accountant.
0: a solid chunk of your life, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I did kind of – actually, it probably wasn't that long because I did veer into more – it's called management accounting uh, – commercial analysis. So I veered more into the space of analyzing numbers rather than just producing numbers. So it probably wasn't, wasn't full 10 years. Um, and that's where I sort of started to go. I love this where I can use my brain a bit more. It's, It's different. It's not the same thing over and over again. So that was my corporate life. And then I got made redundant while I was on mat leave with my first son. And I was helping my husband with his business. He just had a brand new baby business at the time. And he's like, you're really good at this. And I'm like, yeah, duh. Um, and so that's kind of how I started my my own business was when I had this this little baby. Uh, my husband had just started his own business and I started coaching then. So that was seven and a half years ago now. And I've never looked back since this entrepreneurship suits me to an absolute T. it's you this it's constantly changing constantly evolving there's highs lows it's you just never know what to expect so i totally love this space that i'm in now
0: so you went from so you started your business when you had your baby straight away was it money mindset coaching
1: oh no and i think this is something that i want to remind people in their early days of business is that at the start everyone's just trying to figure it out i had no idea what i was doing i was like i'm a consultant i'm a coach i'm a i didn't even know what i was doing i was just anyone who would take me i'd help them and then over time i started to really go what things do i like what do i not like who are the ideal customers that i want to work with who don't i want to work with Mm -hmm. and then i really started to uh think about like what lights me up and ironically for someone who didn't love accounting, what I realized is that I actually am really passionate about finances and about profit, but doing it in a fun way. Yeah. And it's kind of come this whole big circle because this is now what I'm I'm known for is I'm actually teaching people about finances and, and accounting, but I'm doing it in a really fun, relatable way because that's how I wish someone had taught me how to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of my evolution. It probably wasn't until five years into business that I really worked out what my niche was, who my dream clients are, and how I best help people to transform their business.
0: And I think it's a really good um, point because, you know, we often step into business thinking, okay, this is how it's got to be. We've got this business plan and these are all the steps and all the structures. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, this isn't quite working or this isn't quite, you know, lining up with how I thought it was going to be. And it's just this whole experiment, you know, and I think that can be enough for most people to go, oh, no, it's not working, it failed, so I'm just closing up and we're not doing this anymore, you know, and kind of giving up on that entrepreneurial dream. Um, and understanding that things don't just pick up and run. Like we, we're not born and we're running, right? We have to learn how to roll, we have to learn how to crawl, we have to learn how to walk, then to learn how to run. And business is the same in that way. And I don't feel like, especially particularly in early business, that we're really taking the weight of what that means to have to learn and unlearn and try and experiment and test different things until we really find like, oh, okay, this is what feels good for me. This is who I want to do business with. Like, this is the shit that lights me up. That's the stuff that that's when you get to that juicy part, you know. But early days, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall, wall, as people say.
1: Yeah, 100%. And that was totally my journey too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And how did you figure, like when you started early, were you doing like more the numbers game and then moved into the mindset side or was there always a mindset component to it?
1: No, I did not even know what money mindset was when I got started in business. I was definitely helping people with their budgets. I was helping people with business plans. I was helping people with marketing. And it was really uh, a couple of years into my journey that I first found out, I first followed this mentor that thought about money mindset. And I followed her for a long time. And then I, I took that big brave step of investing in a course and learning more about it. So that's when it sort of started a couple of years back.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. And it is that beautiful process that we go through um, to sort of figure things out, right? We get guidance from coaches, we get guidance from investing in ourselves and really tuning into you. Um, what ways do you tune into yourself like to really figure out like, fuck, is this the right decision? Am I on the right path? How do you connect to that?
1: Yeah, and it's something that I have been learning a lot on my business journey is trying to distinguish between that gut feeling, that Mm. intuition,
0: Mm. and fear. Yeah.
1: Because, like, when you're presented at a crossroad, um, you know, do I write a book or do I not write a book? And there's these two polar things going on for you in one respect you're like it feels really exciting and expensive and then the other part of you is like this could be a massive disaster it's so much money what are you doing and you've got to try and figure out is that me being scared that part of my brain that's telling me that Mm. or is that the part is that my intuition that's telling me don't go and spend all this money on this book it's not going to work out. So I think it's something I wouldn't say that I've got it all figured out. I'm getting better at listening to my gut and my intuition over time. But it's it's definitely something that you have to learn and start to check in. Is this fear that's holding me back or is this my intuition telling me this is a bad idea?
0: Mm. How do you decipher between the two?
1: I tend to think that fear is a short-term feeling. Mm -hmm. Whereas intuition tends to be a bit more of a long-term feeling. So, for example, let me take public speaking. Okay. I've been on a big public speaking journey. Uh, I have always known that public speaking is a great way to elevate your presence, your levels of connection, reach more audiences. Intellectually, I've always known that. I've wanted to be a public speaker. Whenever I've gone to public speak, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst idea. I'm going to die on stage. Oh, my gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I feel like the fear brain tends to be a little bit more freak out in the moment kind of thing, yeah. whereas the longer, like intuition tends to be a longer term thing. So, for example, if you're running a business and you're like, I love my business, um, you know, this is what I, I meant to do, and then you have a, a crappy launch or a crappy day or a crappy period of time, and then you go, see, it's all a disaster. I should go and get a job. It's like, well, that's something that's popping up very short term. And I think that that tends to be more VR talking rather Mm. than long term, if that Mm. makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying because it's that thing, isn't it, where you constantly... that niggle at you like let's say in that Mm. same scenario that you're saying like in terms of business right I really know what I really love like I really want it to make you know I want it to work I'm connected to it you can't imagine anything different and it's that gut feeling that is constantly with you and then you have like your major freak out moments where it's like ah fuck I need to go get a full-time job I can't do this anymore um or whatever it could be for something else like that was really bad presentation I'm not good for this and all of those like limiting beliefs that pop up for us and yeah that sits in the space of fear doesn't it and um, I think being able to learn how to understand which one is fear and which one is intuition is like really important and I think especially for females I don't know like I work a lot off my gut um, which you know is great but then sometimes it's like when you have to do like the things that are not so you know gut driven you're like ugh. But <laughs> in saying that, you know that you've got a bigger purpose. You know, there's a bigger mission. It's, mm. it's, it's doable, and I love to talk about fear a lot in this in that space because I think fear can really just debilitate us. You know, if we listen to that fear and we're not actually bringing intention, or we're not putting the volume volume up on that wise woman that we've got inside of us, on that gut, mm. on that intuition, on that feeling, where it's like I can't explain it but I just know it's going to work. Or I can't explain it, but I just know it's what's right for the moment.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And and listening and trusting it because sometimes I follow it and then it doesn't work out and then I make a whole story around it. Uh, I know that I really, I felt such strong nudges to run retreats. Yeah. And I tried three times, I think, with zero people signing up. Yeah. And then the fourth time I had a sellout retreat that and, my huh? husband, and whenever I'd come to my husband I'd be like I'm thinking I'm gonna run a retreat he's like are we doing this again and I'd be <laughs> like I just I feel it's right I want to do this and you know I've run a couple of retreats now and they're just such a vibe I'm so so glad that I i did follow that that calling that path
0: so how did you like okay so you've had three attempts at doing retreats right and then How do you keep going back to, no, this is what I need to keep trying? Because a lot of people would be like, look, I've tried once, twice, three times, it's done.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird. It's that this is intuition that's speaking. Mm. Uh, And, uh, you know, I mean, the reality is you don't make any money off retreats. I barely made any margin off my retreats. It's Mm. not like I was running this as this big profit-making venture um yeah. similarly with my book launches I actually have lost money on both of those uh a lot of live events are not huge profit makers but when you've got something on your heart you're like why why am I being called to do this so much yeah. you can't ignore that nudge well I can't anyway I know um, that a lot of people do but I'm like I have to keep going and um yeah, and if I keep just following those nudges, eventually it leads me to where I'm meant to be. So that's, um, for me, I, I just, I don't give up. Like if it, if yeah. something's on my heart, I'm like, there's a reason why I'm being called to this.
0: Yeah. And
1: maybe it doesn't work the first time. Maybe it doesn't work the second time. Maybe it doesn't work the third time. But mm. if there's that strong of a, a pull, then I, I believe that it's, you know, it's in my, my destiny. So I've got to keep following it.
0: A hundred percent. This morning I was going for my walk. And you know, walks are great for reflecting and all kinds of things. Um, And one of the things that came to me was like, I've been called to this. Like, it's it's as simple as that, right? And I know that sounds big and so grandiose and this and that, but it actually that's how it feels. Like you've been called to this, so considering anything different just doesn't feel right. You don't connect with it. You're like, nah. Um, And then it's that process of trusting that even though things may not be working out, you know that the calling's there and you just need to keep trying at it, you know, and you have to keep going at it. And not that you have to, you have a choice, but you just know that for you, that's the right choice. Um, So it's interesting that you bring that up after my little morning reflection of like, you know, and it's that believing, believing that this is what it's meant to be and that you're called to, like for me, a lot of it is like, Shifting generations, you know what I mean? That's what I feel like I'm doing in a really big picture is shifting. Like, I come from a family that is, you know, we lived in welfare, we lived in refuges. um, Many people in my family didn't finish school, like all of these different things that from a very young age, I was like, nah, fuck this. I don't, this is not what I want for my life. You know, I'm going to do shit differently. And that's a big, (laughs) that's a big call to answer to um and it's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself but at the same time it feels so big and it feels so right that you're like i just don't have another option i don't want another option you know yeah you you come from that sort of money as well like struggling with money did you was that ever a thing for you that it was like i need to change things for myself and my kids and those to come
1: oh yeah i I had had I, I look I back, we come from generations of of not having money yeah. and, you know, my grandma, you know, it was, it was almost like this badge of honour to have no money mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, what? why, why would you want to live like that? She was telling me about, yeah. you know, how she had, I think she had six or seven kids washing their clothes by hand and she yeah. said it would take a whole day from the moment the sun came up until the sun went down, I just washed and washed and washed wow.
0: and I'd be
1: like, Why? Wow. I mean, obviously, circumstantially, that was, that was you know, where she was. But I'm like, I didn't want that. Like, I wanted, I know what it's like to be the kid at school that can't afford a, a new pair of shoes. And I didn't want that path for myself, for my children. And, um, you know, I feel very blessed that I've been able to step out of that
0: hmm yeah for sure i told my kids about the brown shoes i had to wear to school (laughs) because i we didn't have black ones and they're like really mum?" and i'm like yes this is what some people go through you know and um it sort of put things in it puts things into perspective for them as well how do you like with your kids how do you sort of show them those two sides of life but yet what they can that what's possible for them
1: yeah and it's It is really challenging my kids have grown up with with uh, the obvious privilege of being you know white and having uh, educated you know i've I've been educated and i've been able to get a good career and um all of the the things that they were immediately born into and then the fact that you know that my kids have been to over 10 countries they've You know they they eat out in restaurants regularly they they live a very different life a completely different life to what i did growing up one of the things that you know i do talk about how blessed they are and how lucky we are and you know when we do things even donate their their old clothes and i'm like you know some kids don't get to wear new clothes and you know i didn't get to wear new clothes when i was growing up the only Mm -hmm. time i was if an auntie gifted me a new shirt otherwise everything was secondhand clothes that's just And you know, it's it's such a blessing that we can pass our clothes on. Uh, we also went at Christmas time. We went to Cambodia, and one of the big reasons that I I really wanted to take them to a third world country was to show them, not just to hear it, to actually see how other people live, mm. and to recognize how bloody lucky we are and um that's something that I'm going to be on a mission of my whole life is is that balance between showing my kids hey you can create an amazing life and anything is possible but also don't you ever forget your privilege and don't you forget to you know what how blessed you are and Mm. also uh, to, to constantly be looking for how can we use our wealth in positive ways as well
0: yeah, definitely. I find that as well with the kids, you know, like it's, it's almost like you want to remind them like where they come from and where their ancestors come from and, you know, what life has been like, but then you also want to show them something different,
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, places where they can grow into and the ways that they can do things differently and how they can think differently to create different things in their life. Um, which I think is so important, but I do believe it's a fine line. Especially like I, you know, I mean, I, I hear things from my kids, and I'm just sometimes like, oh God, this feels like a struggle to sort of constantly try to bring them, you know, like re- remember where you're from and remember what you know the things that you've lived in life or that your your people have lived in life, but still maintain that dream of like you can and do more. It's 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 a fine line. It's a fine line. I think
1: it's such a delicate dance and i think you know when we reflect in our own childhood i remember my mom like when i had kids she's like i had no help and i'm like why does that mean that i should have no help yeah um so it's it's kind of it is this really hard conversation to have because it's like i want you to i want you to have big dreams and i want you to know that you can create amazing things in your life but i also want you to recognize how privileged you are and and to not forget that
0: yeah and do I, I do think that
1: that's
0: cool. Sorry, say that again? You do Just think-
1: just to keep them, like, grounded and yeah. worldly and,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that perspective, isn't it, being able to have that perspective and that insight into different layers of life. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: um, I was going to say, did you ever, like, say to your, I don't know, my mum always used to say, oh, the kids in Africa don't have food and here you are wasting all your food. And I'd be like, well, oh, send it to them. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those things though, isn't it? When you're kids, you're, you're not necessarily understanding the big picture, but you're getting... Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And it is hard. like All these things that we say, I actually said, so the reason I kind of cringed is yeah. because I think I said something similar to my children last night because they, you know, demanded a second serving of food yeah. and then didn't touch it. And I said, do you know how lucky you are? Like, do you know how blessed you are to be able to eat? Some kids in this world... You know, can't afford to have dinner tonight. And to your point, my kids are. I don't care. Like they don't. They don't have the context. That's not sitting right in front of them. And it's also probably, realistically, a bit of an unhelpful thing to say because, to your point, like, well, it's not like we're going to send our leftovers to Africa. Um. So you know, it is. It is hard, sort of, trying to find the the keeping things in check without. Um. Yeah, with without sort of tainting them by.
0: Yeah. For sure. For sure. So you were saying um, that your husband is in business as well. Do you guys do business together or you've got two separate businesses?
1: Um, we have two separate businesses. Uh, it's funny. I, I have a lot of admiration for people that work with their partners. Uh, my <laughs> husband and I, are, we we spend a lot of time together. We're actually in a in a small office. We're sitting in two desks next to each other. But um yeah, we, we run our own businesses and I love it like that. I can't imagine us ever intertwining our businesses. But at the same time, I think with anything in life, it's got you've got to figure out what is right for you, what's right for mm. your relationship, what's right for what works for you. And I know that some people say to me, like, I could never have a partner who also had a volatile job because... Mm. We have two businesses. We have two incomes that literally are not guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, but that works for us. We have other people who are like, you know, why don't you guys combine and work in the same business? And um, I know that that's not right for us um, at this yeah. point in, in time. Who knows what the future holds? But uh, we're, we're very different kind of people. Uh, I, I don't know. So, yeah, I think it's really just figuring out again what's what's right for you, what's your intuition telling you, what are you feeling called to do?
0: exactly I think yeah and you know there's um my husband has his own business as well and there's a level of it where it's like you know what that's what he loves and that's what he wants to do you know so it's it's I mean yes we do so much together but at the same time it's being able to have your own creative outlet your own space your own way of doing things and just running your own show um and just having that creative expression as well you know like He may not want to come in my business and become, you know, a coach and, you know, work with women, For him, it's like, no, I want to create jewellery, you know, so I I think that's important as well, being able to define your different roles and like you said, what actually works for you.
1: Yeah, 100% and I think, you know, some couples, that they work in the same company and it's great and they, it works for them and I think amazing, good for you. But yeah. for us at this point in time, it's it's definitely two separate businesses.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claire, I've always been fascinated by your story in terms of like, you know, you come from struggle and you've had, you know, you've gone through the accounting and through all the typical paths as such. What shifted for you? Like what, what happened or was there a moment? Was there something that you just went, no, nah, shit's got to change?
1: I remember when the moment was. I just got chills. There's a sign. Um, I remember when the moment was. I was uh, in my in my 20s. I was doing this. It's called Sail Croatia. Basically, uh, you usually, I think, pretty sure everyone on the boat um, is single. Um, you're getting drunk pretty much all day and all night, and you're on this big boat going through Croatia. And one of the guys, you know, with his six-pack and his tan and all of those things, um, <laughs> would, would be up on the, the deck sunbaking, and he'd disappear downstairs. And I think, how does he get so tan if he's, if he's not, I said, where do you go? Where do you go during that time? And he said, I, I go and work. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, I've been traveling for like two, three years now. And, um, you know, I just go and do a little bit of work each day and that's how I get to keep traveling. And that was the moment when I was like, what the actual, mm. see, I'm like, so you don't have like a, I want to uh, just wherever, like, you know, after this, I'm going here and then I'm going to go to the Greek islands and then I'm going to do this. And I was just like, wow. And it's it's <laughs> like funny because it's opened
0: up, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and that was kind of when I went, I want that. I want to be able to work from anywhere and just be able to be on a boat in Croatia, um, partying and then do a little bit of work and then, you know, and then get to keep on on traveling. I was just, it blew my mind that that was even a possibility because mm. that has certainly was nothing that I ever experienced in my circles growing up. And um, this is why the power of the people that you're around, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean like in, in your family, but, you know, a look being in the energy of uh, inspirational mentors and people around you because suddenly you go, holy smokes, that's mm. possible. Mm. And that is what you know, since that moment, it didn't, I didn't have the courage to start my business for years after that, but since that moment, it was on my heart. Yeah. And I was like, I want to work from anywhere. Yeah. And you know, now I've got a business that I can do exactly that. Not that I yeah. can because I've got kids. Um, again, maybe that's a story. Maybe that's a story. Um, but you know, the the, the thing is, it's, it's really cool. You know, my, we've gone away a few times, uh, and my husband and I, and we've had, you know, our laptops and our phones, and we've always said, uh, you know, there's been circumstances. We got trapped in a flood once. Mm. And I was like, it doesn't matter. We we can we can just stay here and keep working. Um yeah. another time where, you know, there were bushfires in Australia and we were tra- we will we potentially we're gonna be caught somewhere. And I'm like, if we've got our laptop and our phone and our kids, we yeah. we can be anywhere and we can we can still carry on our businesses, we can still continue to earn money. What an absolute blessing is that? So yeah, it, it I guess I am kind of living what, what that, that was unlocked for me that day
0: yeah absolutely and I think um there like there is so much power in surrounding yourself with people like that because they they show you something that is potentially possible that your your mind has never been able to even go there you know because you haven't seen it and that for me is like a big part of this podcast because it's like it's it's hard to see something you haven't lived or to imagine something you haven't lived or been surrounded by because, you know, again, you would know the stories we get told that oh, no, that's for the rich people, that's for the people that, you know. Uh, um you know people trying oh that that's drug dealers or whatever right there's all those comments and then you probably take them as your own beliefs even though they're not really your beliefs and being able to kind of see someone do things differently being able to see someone challenge the status quo being able to see someone live a life the way they would love to see it it's so inspirational and it gives you that chance to go oh if they can do it then I can do it too you know and for me, that's what this podcast is all about, like really getting into the nitty-gritty of the stories of the person and how did they get there and why and how are they doing things differently and and we all have our own version of it, right? Like we don't mm. need to copy anyone's version of it. We all have our own but it's that moment where your eyes get open to something where you go, okay, that's actually possible, and now how do I make that work for me?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've had people about the book say, I want to write a book. And I'm like, do it. If yeah. I could do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that the more that you create and show other people what's possible, then they can start to unlock that in their own lives too.
0: I agree. I, um, I was chatting to someone the other day and she was like, oh, how, you know, how are you going? I was like, yeah, good. And she's like, oh, you know, and I said, how's she going? She's like, oh, you know, work. You know what it's like, the mundane shit every week, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, don't you feel like that? And I was like, no, actually. Like, I really don't. I love working on my business. I love doing what I do. And she's like, oh. And it's almost like when you challenge someone, it's not that I was trying to challenge I was genuinely expressing what I feel but it was, you can get so caught up in that vibe of like, this is just what we have to do in life. And I was like, well, why don't you consider doing something different, something that you actually really love? When we started talking through, you know, started picking at things, she just brightened up and she was like, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Oh, my God, I could do something like that. And you're just like, oh, we need more of that. We need more of those moments where we actually see our potential and we actually see what we can shift and change And how powerful our choices are in that.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah. What what did you need to shift to get yourself to where you are now?
1: I needed to just get out of my own way. And to be honest, I still do. Mm -hmm. Every time when I think about I'm here, I want to be over there, the main thing that's holding me back is me. Mm. Decisions that I make, it's the investments that I'm not making, it's the fear it's the stories, it's the unknown. And that's really the big thing. That's standing between where I was and where I wanted to be was me. And I had to, yeah. had to reprogram her, shift it, keep, you know, do that mindset work. And even now, like when I think about where I want to be, I need to be a different person to start to create that reality. And that's the work that I'm doing every day.
0: Oh, 100%. It's that inner work and I think it's the inner work that we don't always realise we need to do mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> until yeah. you put yourself in these really challenging or uh, you challenge yourself to dream bigger, to be a bit more audacious than you were the day before and, you know, that creates that fear and you're like, oh, shit, now I have to ride through this emotion. It's this wave and it's, you know, um, you make a choice then, don't you? Mm-hmm. You make a choice. Am I going to do something about it or am I going to keep rolling around in this feeling and let it keep me in this space. Yeah. Um, what are the mind like what do you do to help you through? What what are those mindset things? What are the day-to-day things that allow you to work through that fear and that self-doubt and you getting in your own way?
1: I think it's just constantly being aware. Like that for Mm me, you know, I mean it's it's so multi-layered the mindset work, of course. But the first thing I say to people is just notice. So, like today, my I, I know I was on, I was taking the kids to school and I'm like, and I'm like, I've got so much to do, I've got so much to do, I've got so much to do, I've got so much to do. Like so that, that was on repeat in my head. Mm. And I'm like, what is going on there? Like, what is that? What does that look like? How much of that's real? What is that? You know, you run your own business, everything in your life is a direct respo- result of something you've created and i got to ask myself and say if you don't love like i was sitting there going i've got to get out my newsletter i've got to do my podcast and i'm like you don't have to put out you don't have to do anything
0: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: you're you're choosing to so you either get to say i'm not going to release a podcast this week or you say i love to create content for my audience i know they benefit a lot from it it's very important to me for people to be able to rely on me for me to be consistent so i'm going to go and create that content or I choose and say, I'm not going to do that. And I think that's the thing that I always come back to is it's like observing my thoughts and then remembering that I always have a choice. I either have a choice in in what I'm doing or I have a choice in how I do it.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely. One of the things that I present in my, um, like, in my masterclass, it is all about that self-awareness. Honestly, to me, that's what it comes down to. Like, you can't change anything until you become aware of it. You mm. can't. You can't take back your power where you're feeling powerless until you identify what the hell's going on, and something like observing your thoughts and being aware of. Hang on a second, that you know that constant thought of "I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy." What's that doing for you? And why is that there? And then what do you do, what do you do with that? And it's the moment that I think you do take that awareness into your life and spread it all over your life. That's so many things start to open up and you're like, oh, okay. So I actually Mm -hmm. have a choice here, (laughs) you know, rather than sitting in this space of like, I think, powerlessness.
1: One of my early mentors, she was um, a single mom of three. Uh, She'd split from her partner and then he passed away. And she was saying that it's really easy to fall into stories around I'm stuck with this. I've got these three kids. And she said, you know, I know this is very extreme, but she's like, at the end of the day, I could adopt them out. <laughs> like I could I could give in up my book. kids yeah. and say, I don't want to be a mum. And she's like, when you recognise that you actually can make a lot of these choices and you're like, well, no, I'm not going to adopt my, so how am I going to do this? How do I get to show up? How do I get to make choices around how to create freedom in this situation that I'm in? It, it takes you back into the power and and observing your thoughts like oh i've got these kids it's like you wanted them mm-hmm. you made a conscious decision to have these children um you make a conscious decision every day to not give not adopt them out so how can you cultivate happiness and freedom and peace with the decisions that you make mm-hmm. and um yeah it's it's something really powerful that you know, especially for the kids, whenever they're annoying me, I'm like, I could adopt them, but I'm choosing not to.
0: <laughs> you haven't told them that?
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. Um,
0: <laughs> no, it's funny actually.
1: I, I had a massive shift when I, I had a major car accident last year, and it was kind of in that moment that I feel like things shifted a lot for me in parenting because a lot of the I was getting really short, really frustrated um, at them, and then when you have this moment when you're like, I could be dead. Mm. you suddenly you realize you're like why am I getting so hung up on this it's so Mm. inconsequential of course they're going to be naughty they're children that's what Mm. kids do and it's it's really changed my lens on parenting so much so Mm. again sometimes you know our, our darkest times can have a silver lining
0: it's true it really is um I had a huge accident as well actually when my youngest was two and a half months (coughs) excuse me um the car ended up a massive write-off and I ended up wedged between two uh, massive trees and um I had both my kids in the car and it's just like I always say I have I have big muscly angels just guiding my way right and like everybody has their own version of that but it does put things into perspective of like that that could have been a split second. And I had I have shifted the steering wheel left or right, 30 centimeters either way, we wouldn't be here. It's as simple as that, you know. Um, and when you have those realizations and those moments where you're like, fuck, actually, like, actually I'm so privileged to be here. Actually, I'm so blessed to have these kids. Actually, it is just life. They are gonna do, you know, the things and all the things that challenge us on the daily but I think again that self-awareness and bringing in that perspective into your life is a like it's a big game changer and it is that thing where sometimes I'm like oh why am I being such a bitch about that or why am I harping on about that? And you're like okay there really is no need it's probably something more about me about how I'm feeling about something else and then releasing it onto the kids or making an excuse or a story about it but coming back to those moments to realizing that you know we're here and this is life and this is part of the the ups and the downs and the beauties of it and how we learn from those experiences exactly yeah yeah i love that thank you for sharing that i know that it's a tricky thing you know when like those moments that we're so down they can like you said can be the things that really bring a different shift to life um So tell me a little bit about your business and what you offer people and how people can work with you. Yeah. So my business, uh, the the main
1: (laughs) program that I have is called the Profit Academy. And it's basically about teaching business owners how to make more profit. And within the Profit Academy, I've got three layers so my first course is foundations which is basically business finance 101 it's how to create a budget how to do cash flow forecasting and like i said i try and teach this finance stuff in a fun easy to understand way the next course that i have is called accelerator and this is designed for business owners who are really ready to just skyrocket their growth So this is all about mindset, money mindset, uh, really how to unlock your potential and break through your old fears, patterns, stories that are holding you back. And then I have my my Profit Masters, which is my mastermind, my high-end mastermind, which is really for people that want a lot more support, hand-holding along the journey. And again, want to be surrounded by like-minded people who are doing really big things. So Mm
0: -hmm. inside
1: the Profit Academy, that's what the framework is, uh, I'm really excited um, to, to be supporting people to, to grow their most profitable, intentional lives.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I had my book around and my husband has started, you know, sticking his nose into it and he's like, I said to him this morning. I said, "Hey, I'm interviewing Claire today. Do you have any questions for her? And He's like, "Oh, no." He goes, "But can you just tell her that I really like her book?" Oh, thank you. It's like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's that thing where I, I guess sometimes I think for him he feels that um, I don't even know what it is, but some as a male he wants to kind of. He's, he's got very much of that female intuition side to him, but then he's also got a lot of that masculine side to him. So I feel like the book really just kind of captures both of them and allows him to read it easily without feeling like, oh, this is too girly and this is too, you know, woo-woo. Um, so, yes, that's feedback from my husband.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, I'm glad he enjoyed it. Thank you for sharing that.
0: <laughs> oh. So if we had to leave our audience telling them like one thing like I know you said of like be- becoming aware of your thoughts what would be one more thing that you would say to people to help them through money mindset and I guess at the moment where there's so much talk on interest rates and financial struggle and all of that where people are really feeling it and then there's lots of people not feeling it right mm. but um what would be something that you would suggest to people to do for themselves to help them through these times Just like,
1: look, see what you want to see. Uh, It's funny because I I had a coaching call yesterday and she said, everyone's in crisis right now. And I said, are they? And it was, it was, I genuinely was, I'm not watching heaps of the news. I'm like, the people around me are still spending money. They're still making good money. Everyone at my kid's school is still driving BMWs and Mercedes. Uh, And I, I guess that, you know yes you can look for the doom and gloom anytime and or you can look for the you can look for the magic and, and i was like i genuinely was like oh i i mean I that's not what i'm seeing but i'm also not looking for i'm not looking for evidence that we're in a recession i'm not looking for evidence that no one's buying i'm looking for evidence of heaps of amazing stuff still happening and plenty of people have still got money in there are lots of businesses that are still making a ton of money right now and again this is why being really selective with your thoughts your observations um a way that you can check this start looking for red cars you will see them everywhere you'll be like why are there so many red cars it's because your brain's looking for it and if your brain is looking for negative bad situations proof that we're in recession that's what you're going to see and -hmm. if you start looking for evidence of oh look people are still getting their acrylic nails done and their hair done and their fake eyelashes then you suddenly go that is not something that people you know that that happens if we're we're deep in a really bad recession um Mm -hmm. it's not about being naive and it's just about choosing what you, where you want to center your energy and your thoughts and your observations. That's all.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, d- I definitely agree with that. And it's that reticular activating system, right? That is mm. filtering through what you are believing and like deciding what's worthy of your time and Mm. when we start to like you said focus on red cars you will find the red cars but if you want to focus on yellow cars then you will find yellow cars so we do really have a choice and we do have and i think that's something that people don't often realize but we really do have a choice on how we want to work with our mind rather than against our mind Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
0: where do you like to hang out claire where do people contact you um
1: i'm on the gram is my favorite place i'm at claire underscore wood underscore coach you can bob me a dm say hi uh and i've got my podcast which is called the claire wood podcast and my book intentional profit so a couple of ways that we can connect
0: awesome well thank you so much for coming to share your story with us and just allowing us to get a bit of insight of your life and where you've come from and what you do and you know being able to inspire other people with your story so appreciate having you here claire
1: Oh, pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Amiga, I want to say gracias for hanging out with me today. I appreciate you and I'm so fucking grateful that you jumped on this podcast today. If you're loving what you're hearing, you know what to do. Share it with your biz bestie. Tell me your aha light bulb moments and what you're loving in a review and subscribe. Because you know what? Together, we create the Ripple effects.